The Lord be with you. Tomorrow is the 4th of July, Independence Day. And as I'm getting excited to celebrate, I notice a lot of people aren't. I've noticed that there's a lot of people right now who feel the state of our country is not what they wish it was. In fact, our nation is so divided right now, it feels like the only thing that we can agree on is that we're not happy about the state of our nation. In our gospel reading today, Jesus, he is in the midst of a a group of people who are also not excited about the state of their nation, the Roman Empire, and so Jesus has a plan. He has a plan to launch a revolution, to bring forth a whole new nation within the midst of his country. And that kingdom is going to be the kingdom of God. And so to do this, he supplies his disciples with resources, with an agenda, with a defensive strategy, and with a sermon that when preached will overthrow empires, that will bring down tyrants, that will transform nations. He teaches his disciples to memorize the sermon, and I'm going to teach you to do the same, okay? Yeah, you ready? All right, here it goes. You can repeat after me. The kingdom of God has come near to you. That's it. That's the whole sermon. Let's try it again. I'll say the whole thing, and then you say it. The kingdom of God has come near to you. Sometimes people say, Ben, how do you memorize your sermons? You just memorized a sermon. It's the entire sermon Jesus tells his disciples to preach. Well done! This sermon casts down tyrants from their thrones. You say, what? Well, of course it needs resources to back it up, which is why Jesus sends out his disciples with resources. And in preparation for this sermon, I have brought those same resources here. So I want everyone to look under your seats. Look under your seats. What's under your seats? There's nothing. Yeah, there's, there's nothing. Yeah, literally, Jesus sends his disciples out with nothing, right? He's like, okay, you're on a mission to bring forth the kingdom of God. Here's what you're going to take. You're going to take nothing. Not a purse, not a bag, not sandals. What? We talk about nation building, right? Our government wants to do nation building in places like Afghanistan. What do they do? They send over all sorts of money missionaries. They want to go forth and convert people. What do they do? They bring resources. They bring medical supplies, school supplies. Jesus sends out his disciples to bring forth the kingdom of God. What does he send them with? Nothing. What? What gives? Well, here's the thing, right? If So missionaries, the pitch of missionaries with resources is, look at all these resources. How amazing are we? Missionaries without resources, their pitch has to be, how amazing are you? If you depend on the people that you are sent for to survive, you are inspired to discover their gifts. Yeah? If you show up in a town with no place to stay, with no food to eat, with no place to do ministry, you better believe there is an incentive to discover who's got a place for you to stay, right? People might say, ah, you know, we don't have any spare bedrooms, but you're going to say, ah, but I see you have a spare couch, Right? People might say, oh, we don't have any extra food to feed you. But you, you'll say, oh, wait, I see you have in your fridge a Tupperware of leftovers that's been there for a week until you feel good enough of throwing it away. Don't throw it away. Give it to me. Say, oh, wait, 
You have a beautiful garden and a gift for hospitality. Would you be willing to invite people over into this beautiful space that we might get to know each other better? Jesus sends his disciples out with nothing so that everything that they find might come from the people they are called to serve. You see, tyranny wants us to believe that we have to depend upon the tyrant for everything. But Jesus sends us forth to help people realize that they have already the gifts they need, not only to care for those who proclaim Christ's name, but to care for each other, to create a vibrant and loving society. Jesus sends us forth to do this, and then he tells us to preach the sermon, which you have memorized. Say it with me. The kingdom of God has come near to you. And once you've done that, then it's time to unleash the secret agenda that Jesus has given his disciples. Jesus says, okay, that's right, Sophia. Jesus says, once you get established, once you get settled into this community, you've got a place to stay, then Jesus says, there's one thing you've got to do. And it's to cure people. Jesus says to cure people. And you might be saying, whoa, I don't know how to cure people. Not true. Last Sunday, when Taryn passed out here in the middle of our worship service, half this congregation stood up to help her. Yeah? You all took care of her. You watched over her. One of you took her home, fed her good food, gave her water to drink. Two days later, she was up and about gallivanting around New York City. Yeah, you know how to cure people. You definitely do, because you see, not every sickness that needs curing requires advanced medical knowledge. In fact, most sicknesses that we deal with, they just need a little TLC. You know how to do that. And this is true of all sorts of sicknesses, whether it's a sickness of body, a sickness of mind, or a sickness of soul. Now, I told you Jesus sends his disciples out with nothing, and that's not entirely true. Jesus sends his disciples out in pairs, which means he sends his disciples with a buddy, with a partner for ministry. There's all sorts of reasons why it's a good thing to do ministry in partnership with another person. But one of the major reasons is that just as it is your job as a disciple of Jesus to help people realize the gifts that they already have, it's your buddy's responsibility to help you realize the gifts that you already have to do God's work in this world. Because we always like to think to ourselves, well, you know, what do I have? Who am I? I can't change the world. I can't bring forth the kingdom of God. I can't heal the sick. Your buddy's job is to say, yes, you can. To say, hey, that child who desperately needs a stable adult in their life, you, you love fishing. Take the kid, teach him how to fish. Make it a regular thing. Once a month, they can depend on you. That will bring healing to that child's soul. Or to say, hey, there's a man over there who's sick with shame because he's going through a divorce. You, you have gone through a divorce also. Sit with that man. Take him out for a drink. Let him know he's not alone, that there is grace for him also. To say that young parent who's worried sick because their car won't start most mornings. You, you know everything there is about cars. Go spend time with that parent. Teach them how to keep their car running. You will bring healing to their life. 
There is an old saying, and it is true, that Jesus doesn't call the equipped. Jesus equips the called. Jesus has called you to bring forth the kingdom of God by curing the sick, which means that Jesus is going to equip you to do it. Your partner in ministry's job is to be there to help you see that Jesus has already equipped you, already given the gifts you need to do the ministry to which God has called you to do. Because here's the thing. If the entirety of your agenda is to cure someone, you cast a blow against tyranny. Because tyranny wants us to believe that everyone else in this world is out to get us, out to deceive us, out to, to swindle us or sell us something, out to recruit us or to replace us. Tyranny wants us to believe that so that the only person we trust is the tyrant. But Jesus wants us to show people that there is a different reality, that there are people out there who want nothing else but to cure you. And having brought healing, Jesus says, then preach to them this sermon, which you all have memorized. The kingdom of God has come near to you. Say it with me. The kingdom of God has come near to you. To show these people that there is another way to live and be in this world. Now, here's the thing. Jesus isn't a fool. He knows this won't go over well with everyone. And so Jesus equips his disciples with defensive, measure, defensive measures, right? A defense strategy. And I'm going to teach it to you today, too. This is Christian martial arts 101, okay? So I want you to make a fist like this, okay? And then I want you to take two fingers and, and pull them out nice and straight so you could like, jab someone's eye out. Yeah, like that, yeah, okay. All right, you got your fist, you got your fingers. Now I want you to take those two fingers and I want you to spread them apart. Yeah, you've just made the peace sign. That's the entirety of Jesus' defensive measures. He says, I send you out like sheep in the midst of wolves. And how are you going to protect yourself? You're going to say to people, peace be upon you. That's it. You're going to share peace with people. And, and you know what? Some people are going to receive that peace. And they're going to welcome you. And that's a joyous thing. And Jesus says, and some people won't. And he says, when people don't want to receive that peace... Let it come back to you so that you don't give your peace away and like, oh, you rejected my peace. Well, now I'm angry. No, you say, oh, you don't want my peace. Well, I'll just take it back and now I have peace. And Jesus says, then just move on. Just move on. It's a wild thing. This world, we're full of people who, who think in all or nothing terms that we have to, to, to join or, or we have to be for or against, but Jesus says, you know what? You can offer people peace, and if they don't want it, you can just move on. Now, if people choose not to accept your peace, if people choose not to accept the kingdom of God, there will be consequences for them. I don't know if you noticed, our, our reading in the gospel jumped three verses. We, we were at verse uh, 11, and then suddenly we were at verse 16. Those three verses that our lectionary didn't want us to read were the verses in which Jesus says, that there will be destruction for the cities that reject his peace, that reject the kingdom of God. No, when Paul writes in Galatians that we reap what we sow, it's not just for us as individuals, it is for us as communities. But those communities, 
They will reap in God's terms. God will cast judgment on them. That's not our job. Jesus says our job is simply to offer them the peace. If they don't want it, Jesus says just move on. In fact, let people know that we're not here to push anything on you or to take anything from you. In fact, we're going to take so little from you that when we leave town, we're not even going to take your dust. Jesus says when you leave town, knock the dust off your feet. And when you're knocking the dust off your feet to say, hey, we're not even going to take the dust from your town. Don't worry, huh? Jesus says, you know what you should tell them in that moment? You know what would really let them know? What you should say to them is that, me- that sermon that you've all memorized. Say it with me. The kingdom of God has come near to you. That's what Jesus tells us to say to the people who reject us. Because in doing so, we teach them to reject tyranny. You see, tyranny, it wants us to believe that we're constantly under attack, that it's us versus them, and that the only one who can protect us is the tyrant. But Jesus wants us to let the world know that what Jesus is offering is a free choice. It is a gift freely given, and it is a gift that people are free to reject. And when we offer people that free choice, if they accept it or if they reject it, we are to say to them the exact same words which you have memorized. Say them with me. The kingdom of God has come near to you. You see, Jesus sends out the 70. These are not the 12 super apostles. These are not brilliant politicians. These are 70 regular people like you and like me. Jesus sends out the 70 and he sends out you and me to bring forth the kingdom of God, to show people that there is another way to live in this world than what they have been told. To say the world wants us to believe that we have to depend on the government, on on tyrants, for resources, for truth, for protection. But Jesus wants us to show people that we can have all those things built on relationships between neighbors who become siblings in Christ, that we can have resources by recognizing the gifts that each of us have that we can find the truth that we are here solely to heal each other by using the gifts that each of us have, that we can find peace and protection simply by sharing peace with those who accept it and by giving space to those who do not. Jesus sends his disciples forth. Jesus sends us forth to create the kingdom of God that is created not by kings or constitutions or command structures but by siblings siblings in Christ empowering one another to care for one another in love and when the disciples come back from doing this they say how even demons have submitted to them well of course because those demons are the voices which try to deny what God has said about people And when we show people the truth about who they are and who God has made them to be, those demons have no power. Jesus says as his disciples go forth to do this work, he watches Satan cast down from heaven because the true tyrant of this world is not Caesar. It is not anyone in our government. The true tyrant of this world is Satan who wants to rule over our lives in place of Jesus. But when we show people 
that Jesus gives them the power to create the world in which they want to live, Satan is cast down every single day. But most of all, when the disciples return, it says they return with joy. Because suddenly, they look around and they see their society not swarming with all its problems. They see their society as a field in which they have the power to plant the seeds of the gospel and to harvest the kingdom of God here and now. And because of this joy, the kingdom of God survived 300 years of Roman imperial oppression and eventually became the state religion of that same empire. And then when Rome fell, when Goths sacked the city and the Western Roman Empire dissolved into feuding warlords, the kingdom of God continued. It continued in monasteries and villages of people caring for each other, whatever their king was doing. The kingdom of God has continued in apartheid Africa and communist China because the kingdom of God is not the government. The kingdom of God is the people. And siblings in Christ, that is true of America also. Our country is not the Constitution, it is not the laws, it is not the government. America has those things, but it is not those things. America is the people, the people who choose to uphold the Constitution and to follow it. America is the people who interpret the law and enforce the law and live out the law. America is the people who form the government, but America is also the people the people who teach your kids, the people who take out your trash, the people who grow your food. America is your neighbor who comes and checks on you when they haven't seen you in a while. America is the stranger who holds the door open for you at the grocery store. America is the employer who gives you a shot when no one else would. It is the people who are America. And America has a constitution and a law and a government but our constitution, our laws, and our government can only be as good as the people who live them out. Which is why Jesus doesn't teach us how to change laws. Jesus teaches us how to change people. Because Jesus knows that if you want a better country, seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will be added unto you. That is what we seek to do here at Faith Lutheran Church, to equip you to do the same thing that Jesus sent out those 70 to do. You need resources? We got a whole boatload of nothing in the courtyard. You're welcome to it. You need a buddy. You need someone to help you know the gifts that you have to bring healing to this world. Come contact the office. We'll set you up with a small group, people who will walk with you in your daily life. We will set you up with our equipping ministry team, people who are excited to sit down with you and help you discover the spiritual gifts that you have to bring forth the kingdom of God and to do so with joy. You want to know how to bring forth peace? Stick around for like 15 more minutes. You'll see a whole congregation pass in peace with one another. You can pick up all their strategies. Or if you want something a little more tangible, Talk to us about the social ministry team and go out into the world. Meet people on the street, meet people across the aisle, people with whom you might think, ah, I don't have any in common. Uh, they might disagree with me. This might go bad. No, you will learn how to share peace with them. 
This is what we are here to do, to bring forth the kingdom of God. Because to be a follower of Jesus is to be a patriot. To be a patriot in the sense of loving our country. Our country not as its constitutions or its laws or its government. Our country as its people. Not because these people are the best people in the world, but because they are the people to whom Jesus has sent us. Has sent us as laborers to bring forth the kingdom of God. And so this July 4th, may we, may we love our nation. May we remember that no matter how far the country we long for feels, the kingdom of God has come near to you. And may we remember that Jesus has equipped us and sent us out as laborers to bring forth and harvest in that kingdom of God. Amen.